Welcome to the Broadcast Dialogue podcast, the show all about the media industry in Canada. The RF Hawkeye from Dielectric is the first IP connected system delivering real time data to effectively monitor transmission line the unsung workhorse of a broadcast system, as you may know. Undetected degradation of this vital component can be devastating, and it could lead to extensive damage and time off air. So to discuss the RF Hawkeye is electrical engineer for Dielectric, Dan Glavin. Dan, welcome to the podcast. Hi, thanks, David. This is my first time on with Broadcast Dialogue, and uh, thank you for having me very much. We are glad to have you. So I gave you the thumbnail sketch, and let's get into it more, Dan, the RF Hawkeye. Yeah, absolutely. So, David, the RF Hawkeye is an interesting new product that Dielectric is offering. Uh, it's offered via our partnership with DAC System out of Switzerland, and the RF Hawkeye, as you stated, is an IP-connected transmission line monitoring system. Uh, the system consists of a radar transmitter uh, that operates 100% independently from the broadcast transmitter itself. This system injects an off-band radar signal into the transmission line through a specialized insertion coupler, which is installed, it can be retrofitted into the existing transmission line located in the transmitter building. Uh, this specialized insertion coupler uh, must be installed in an unpressurized section of transmission line uh, and it also must be downstream from any waveguide components so as to uh, propagate the radar signal that, that is uh, integral to its performance. The radar signal is sent through the insertion coupler up to the antenna and the reflected signal, the reflected energy is sent back to the coupler and measured by the receiver that is in the radar transmitter box. This processing unit is connected to a central monitoring unit or essentially uh, an operating system that then correlates the transmitted signal, magnitude of the transmitted signal to the magnitude of the reflected signal, and it then derives a, a time domain-like measurement. That time domain-like measurement most broadcasters are familiar with, and it's, it's used to characterize the integrity of a complete transmission line system. Due to the IP-connected nature of the system, what it allows users to do is connect it to their local area network and assign it an IP address and the user can inevitably use a web browser to surf to the extremely user-friendly GUI or user interface to monitor the real-time data of their system. So in addition to some other functionality and in addition to the time domain measurements, the user can also see forward and reflected power measurements of the overall system. And then we also uh, provide a, a 3D bar graph of arc occurrences that may occur in the system. And those occurrences are uh, determined by location and frequency and when they actually occurred. The user can define warning and alarm thresholds for the time domain measurement that they'd like to place on their system relative to uh, anticipated reflections for associated components. Um, and then they can actually be notified if their broadcast transmitter is transmitting below or above a set threshold uh, or if the antenna performance has degraded beyond a certain user input VSWR threshold. What it also allows for, David, is thresholds to be set on individual components. And, and once those thresholds are exceeded, uh, that information is timestamped 
and localized to within a plus or minus eight inch accuracy and then provides that information to broadcasters so that they can uh, know exactly where the anomaly occurred and uh, plan their mitigation plans from there. Dan Glavin, electrical engineer from Dielectric. So, Dan, how does um, the RF Hawkeye differ from some of the traditional monitoring techniques or or current market offerings? Yeah, so uh, RF Hawkeye certainly differs from tra- traditional monitoring techniques and current market offerings. I guess I'll I'll tackle those two separately. So, um, first would be a, a monitoring technique. So, the industry standard to date would be uh, just simple VSWR monitoring via uh, an RF scout, which is a dielectric product, or the uh, VSWR display on the, the front panel of a broadcast transmitter. And with with that VSWR monitoring, it's just simply based off of forward and reflected power measurements that are taken at you know, one or many directional couplers within the overall system. And, uh, you know, this technique falls short to the current require not requirement, but it, it falls short to uh, a need that exists in the broadcast world because the VSWR monitoring, it just provides you with an aggregate system response. It, it, it provides, uh, it calculates VSWR based on the forward reflected power of the overall system. Nowhere in its, uh, nowhere inherent to the VSWR does it provide any information on location of a fault that is causing a uh, increased VSWR or increased reflected energy. So with large systems, um, there are many, many components, many flanges, anchor insulators. So it's very difficult to determine where the source of this reflected energy is. And uh, what it also doesn't determine or distinguish between is benign changes in the antenna that could come from environmental factors such as ice, snow, thunderstorms, humidity, et cetera, et cetera, from potentially catastrophic changes inside the transmission line, which is isolated from environmental factors, unlike the antenna. If one component in the the system starts to slightly degrade, uh, it's very unlikely that you'd actually see an increased VSWR. For instance, if uh, one individual anchor insulator uh, it starts to degrade or the watch band stri- spring starts to deteriorate, you, you won't see that in, in the aggregate VSWR response if, if the degradation is very slight. Um, you'll only really start to see it in the aggregate response once the degradation has developed into damage. I guess what the major question to the end user or the broadcaster is, is, is how much damage or how much of an elevated VSWR is acceptable before the broadcaster or station engineer determines that they need to investigate the the root cause of this issue. So uh, once that undefined threshold has been met, uh, the the station decides to call in uh, an engineer or a technician that needs to uh, at least turn off your broadcast system. Uh, At the very least, if you have an open port to a coax switch, uh, they'll need to turn off the broadcast system, connect a network analyzer, and perform some network analysis. Uh, And in worst case scenario, um, the engineer will actually need to disassemble the transmission line in order to install a test adapter. And as I've seen many of these transmitter buildings, sometimes that convenient location could be like 20 feet in the air, uh, 
under some RF systems, or you know, you 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 might end up having to contort yourself in in some uncomfortable positions in order to hook in a test adapter to do that network analysis. Um, and then once once that portion is the logistics of that portion are defined, then data interpretation needs to take place, and and that's not always so straightforward. So you know, for instance, in in FM systems, uh, particularly branch or corporate fed. FM systems, or, or even TV systems for that matter. These systems are comprised of, of many components, and, and some of these components, such as power dividers, have a frequency-selective nature or, or narrowband response to them that may actually appear in network analysis to have an elevated reflection based on the frequency bandwidth chosen by the engineer in order to gain resolution to look at individual components. So, this could actually call cause a, a, a false positive, uh, a false recognition of, of a fault or anomaly within the system. So one, once the data has been collected, uh, the, the engineer will need to in, interpret the data. And once the interpretation has been done, then the tower crew needs to be called in. And, and that could be a task in itself in, in finding a tower crew with some availability. So once the tower crew comes in, they can climb up the tower and hope they may find some visual evidence of, of an issue. And, and if they don't, well, then they need to rig the tower with, with some equipment and, and follow their strict safety protocols in, in order to begin the actual mitigation. When, when flanges start breaking apart, hardware is removed, and they start digging into the actual system. And as I said before, the, the, the resolution based on the, the network analysis bandwidth can limit the uh, direction that the engineer tells the tower crew to go in. They could be, uh, especially if they're in an elbow complex or an area of transmission line where there are many components, they may not be directed to the exact spot and, and they may have some some work. So, so, you know, this overall process takes days or weeks. And then uh, I'll tackle the other one, the other current market offering. So uh, I, I know that some current market offerings uh, include arc detection. Well, uh, at, at Dielectric, we performed a number of experiments and have verified that an arc is not necessarily an instantaneous or coincidental event. In the time frame leading up to an arc occurrence, uh, a detectable a degradation occurs, uh, and which could eventually lead to corona from conductive, conductive air in the transmission line. And so while arc detection and localization is a great feature, it serves as more of a reactive approach to protecting your investment versus proactive. Uh, and when a large system becomes collateral damage to a small issue that goes undetected, well, the cost and downtime associated with that uh, increases exponentially. And with Art of Hawkeye, uh, the broadcaster can see trends in the performance of components and be proactive about calling in engine, uh, tower crews in order to mitigate the issue. All right, Dan, about two minutes left. What are the benefits the extra benefits of installing the RF Hawkeye on a system. Yeah, sure. So uh, to keep it brief, the, the benefits of installing RF Hawkeye on a system are, uh, you know, it's a, it's a small cost for uh, protection on investment. And the IP connected nature is, is very convenient for today's world with the, the pandemic going on and modified work from home schedules. So uh, the contract engineer or station engineer can log in from the comfort of their own home log in via a web browser, surf directly to it, and, and check on the, the status of their system. All right. Dan Glavin, electrical engineer for Dielectric. 
For more information, go to Dielectric's website, dielectric.com, and look for upcoming articles and information on the RF Hawkeye in social media and at broadcastdialogue.com. Thanks for listening to Broadcast Dialogue. For more information about the podcast or to receive exclusive access to our weekly briefing about the Canadian media industry, visit us at broadcastdialogue.com. Don't forget to like us on Facebook, connect with us on LinkedIn, and follow us on Twitter and SoundCloud. I'm Andrea Askowitz. And I'm Allison Langer. And we are the hosts of Writing Class Radio, a podcast, but we are so much more. We have writing classes. So if you are looking for live online classes where you can join a community, write to a prompt, get feedback, and get better, check out all our classes at writingclassradio.com. And listen to our podcast wherever you get your podcasts and at writingclassradio.com.